Welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks so much. By the way, it was Luke Musgrave who I was trying to figure out the tight end for the Green Bay Packers. My mind went completely blank. I was thinking Jake Ferguson and all these different names that I knew, and I just I couldn't pull it out of the air. Every now and then it happens. You ever walk into a room and go, what the hell did I walk in here for? Oh, yeah. Then, it's, then it comes to you. So there you go. Uh, and thanks to everybody. By the way, so uh, Anthony uh, was talking about some of the players and some of the experiences and such, and one of the things to think about, and Anthony, you bring up a really good point, is, you know, this is where your leaders emerge. And one of the things that postseason versus crash and burn, leaders begin to emerge. When we were talking about locker room leaders and guys that kind of, you know, um, begin to wrap their arms around the roster, both defensively and offensively, this is where your leaders emerge. To the opposite side of the coin, he also said, if this team crashes and burns, after the last two ugly losses, you start to run the risk of the fear of accepting losses as sustainable. Now, nobody wants to lose. But when you start accepting losses, saying, well, you know, it's communication. Oh, you know, it's, it's back to the drawing board. Oh, you know, you start to hear just nothing but cliches. And the acceptance of, yeah, we, we lost. Okay, go about our business. No big deal. I'm still getting paid. When you start to accept losing, you can, when you start to lose and lose quite a bit, you can then begin to accept losing. I saw it, and the only reason I bring that up is because I saw it when I worked in Cincinnati. I saw it in the Bengals organization. It was, you want to win. It's not that anybody wanted to lose. You want to win. But losses didn't eat at you. Losses that mounted there was a reason why they happened, and it, it wasn't my fault type of mentality. And nobody wanted to put their arms around a losing organization. You didn't want to see a leader emerge on a losing team because nobody wants to step forward to begin to take the responsibility of trying to build it back up only to watch it crash and burn, and then your words, your pomposity begins to fall on deaf ears. You know? So and, and that all of a sudden losing breeds losing. It's a mentality that permeates everything from the the person that answers the phone at the front desk all the way through to the training staff. It's it's losing breeds losing. And you don't want to see that. And Anthony, that's a great point. You want to see leaders emerge, which is why I believe that the postseason or bust mentality of we are all going to pull the rope in the right direction, get guys on the same page, get rid of these communication issues, get rid of this stuff. You know, take it. It's, it's funny. I had uh, uh, yesterday, we were talking about this a little bit and I apologize because I think his name was Chuck, but I'm not sure he's a former Marine. And he said, when somebody in his outfit would commit an error, he said usually the whole outfit paid for it, whether it was running another 10 miles, running another five miles, doing having, having to do 100 push-ups or what have you. He was going on and on about all the different things they had to do. And it could cost them a weekend leave or whatever because the rest of the guys couldn't drag one bad apple along. So it got to be where you self-policed. He said that's what the Packers need to do. It's not just Joe Barry. This is now an inside-that-locker-room issue. And the more I, I thought about it when we talked about this yesterday and then thought about it last night as I was getting some work done and then listening 
to Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet last night talk about the accountability inside with Matthew Stafford coming back and kind of his message to the organization about the leadership qualities and about what they need and where they were a couple of years ago. And it wasn't just, you know, Sean McVay doing the rah-rah speeches. This was coming from their, their leader, the, the guy, the point guard, so, so to speak. You know, as, as J, you know, Jalen Hurts put it, I'm the point guard of this team. So it, it comes from guys within that say, no, no, no. I'm not going to allow us to fail, and I'm not going to allow you to accept failure. I, so if, if you do, then that you're going to be a guy that we're, we're not going to need. And everybody else in this locker room is going to let you know about it. That's when leadership begins to grow. You know, that's when leadership begins to grow. Does anybody think Dom Capers did an amazingly magnanimous rah-rah speech prior to the game going into the Super Bowl? No. It was Kevin Green on the sideline, an assistant. It was a couple other guys like Nick Collins that stood up. It was Charles Woodson that stood up with Donald Driver that stood up. It wasn't Rogers giving some rah-rah speech. It was other guys, playmakers, guys that have been there, veterans, that said, this is what it's all about. This is what we have to do. And it was guys that wanted it. Charles Woodson wanted it, man. He could smell it. He could taste it. He just needed to get there. He wanted to cross that finish line. He knew what it took to get there because it, it had been robbed from him before via the tuck rule. So that's why when you get guys like that in your locker room, they're the ones that begin to lead. So when you ask me who the leaders are, I think Rashawn Gary's got the every bit of ability to be a leader. But it's the guys that speak up and hold the other guys around him accountable that are the leaders. And sometimes you have to be the hated guy. You don't want to be. You want to be respected. But when guys aren't living up to it, you, sometimes you got to be the hated guy because you got to con- continually call out people that aren't pulling the rope in the same direction. So, uh, but it's a great point, Anthony. You don't want to accept sub mediocrity. You don't want to accept losing. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, Chris in Muskego. Chris, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, pretty good, Bill. Yeah, once again, I love listening to that East Coast Gerard guy. But here's my question that I think a lot of Packer fans don't know and nobody really knows. He's thinking Goody's going to pick the defensive coordinator. Uh, but the way it's been structured from uh, the head guy, Murphy, who really has that say? Does Goody – I mean, he might be able to put his two cents in worth, but, I mean, the floor is uh, – Murphy's hired. He's not Goody's hired. Goody really didn't want him. He wanted to keep going, but Murphy said no. Pick LaFleur. So who's going to be actually in charge of picking a D coordinator? Is it going to be LaFleur with Murphy on the side or what? Because the way they've got it organized now, nobody knows who's doing what. It's like 1265 in Red China because, like you always say, because of how Murphy set up how everything goes. So that's right. my question. Is Goody really going to have like you said, he'll probably be able to put his two cents worth in, but I don't think he has any control on who's going to be hired as a defensive coordinator. I, I, that's a great question. And no, I appreciate it. I think this is what happens. This is my opinion, but I think this is what happens. The way I kind of get the feel, I think at the end of the season, there are some tough decisions made, and, and Joe, Joe Barry is gone. I think Matt LaFleur immediately comes up with his short list. Goodykins comes up with his short list. And then they compare notes. I think those two guys, <clears throat> excuse me, will work in collaboration. I really do. I don't think they're just going to go, Matt, go interview your guys. I, I don't think that's it. 
And I don't think Matt says, hey, Goody, let me know who you pick, because I don't think that's it. But I think what they'll do is they'll, you know, talk to talk to guys, and they'll probably fly a few guys in, and um, and they'll make a determination as to say this is the guy we want, and they'll go to Mark Murphy and say this is the guy because they'll go to Mark Murphy and Russ Ball and say this is the guy we want. This is what it's going to cost us. And Mark's like, you guys confident? Yeah, okay, okay, go with it. go with it. I I kind of think that's how it is, and that's not a bad thing. I don't think one guy should be in sole control. I think it's okay to have a, a grouping of opinions because if there's a consensus, then everybody buys in. Everybody wants this guy to succeed, you know, um, which is what a lot of good organizations do. They kind of share the responsibility because then they all share the responsibility if it fails. So that's the reason everybody's got a vested interest. Whereas if you let Matt choose him and that's not who Goody wants, and Goody doesn't talk to the guy, and he's like, well, that's who you wanted. I, okay, whatever. And then it's a fail, failure for a couple more years. Then it, it, then Goody's got as much responsibility for not overseeing this as LaFleur does for being the sole proprietor of a new defensive coordinator. I just think it's kind of the way it works. It's They're going to have a meeting. Goody and Matt are going to sit down at the end of the season. They're going to say, hey, um, you know, what are you thinking? And Matt's going to say, you know, look uh, – you know, it's time for Joe to go. We're we're going to make a change. And I'm sure Gudikins is going to look at him and say, do you have a short list? And Matt's going to say, yeah, I've got a few guys in mind. Okay, you put your five or six guys together. I'm going to put a few guys together. You tell me if you want to add them to the list or not. This is your staff and your choice, but here's a few guys that, you know, maybe you want to, take, want to think about if you don't have them on your list. And I'm sure Matt LaFleur is going to do his due diligence and talk to a few guys and then Goody's going to be probably in on that conversation, and they're going to say, yeah, this guy's pretty good. What do you think? I think he's really good. I, I really like what he had to say. I like his attitude. I like his machismo. I like the fact that he wants to hold guys accountable. I, whatever whatever the qualities are. And I think they're going to go, okay. So at that point in time, there's probably going to be that knocking down of the silo committee conversation, and they're going to go to a, you know Mark Murphy and say, hey, we're going to offer this guy a contract. And Mark's going to say, why? And they're going to say, well, these are the reasons why. And Mark's going to probably go, okay, look, uh, I'll, I'll stamp that, you know. And if he just flat out doesn't like the guy, he's going to say, no, we're not going to do that. that. That's not a guy that we want in this organization. If he flat out doesn't want it because he does have that power. But I think Mark would probably just go, okay, if you guys are confident in this guy, go for it. If you guys both like this guy, if you guys both like his philosophy and what his schemes are, what, you know, if we have the personnel to match, because Goody has to be involved a little bit because you got to know what kind of scheme the guy runs. Does he run a 3 4? Does he run a 4 3? Does he run the hybrid? Does he do certain things different that you're going to need different types of players and athleticism for? But yeah, I, I, I firmly believe that's kind of how the conversation goes, which is not a bad thing. You and I, unless you're the president, CEO of a company, you and I do not solely make decisions for departmental heads, right? You just don't. It's always a collaboration. So if I'm if I'm the president of Associated Bank, I'm not going down to somebody in, you know, commercial lending and saying, I'll tell you who the commercial lender head chief is going to be. No, usually it's the vice president of commercial lending that is then going to talk to me, who is then going to talk to some of the subordinates. And say, do we have a candidate in-house? Do we have a candidate out-of-house? Is there somebody you know, somebody I know? Okay, let's put about four or five people on this short list, and let's talk to them. This guy, I love this guy. I love what he does. I love how he lands. But 
He's kind of an arrogant SOB. Most bankers are. He's kind of an arrogant SOB. Thinks he owns the world. Nah, I don't want that. I want a personable, friendly guy. Okay, that guy's out. This, and then we're all going to say, yeah, that's kind of the guy. Or you're going to say to the vice president, you're going to say, hey, what do you think? And he's going to say, I really like this guy. He's like, okay, that's your, that's your choice, man. Go with it. You know? You, a good president, a good CEO, a good director hires good people, you know, because you're not smart in every area. You're only smart in what you know, right? So you, you try to delegate and you try to put good people who know good people who know good people around you because the more good people you got, the better your pool is, right? So I think that's kind of how it works. 877-867-1670. Let's go to Dana listening to us out cruising around today. Dana, how you doing today? Hey, Bill. Hey, first-time caller. Uh, I love your show. Um, Appreciate it. I Thank you. A, I got a um, – one's just kind of a statement. The other one's a question. Uh, I think the Packers, the, the quarterback and wide receiver, I think they're going to be studs in the next three, four years. I really do. Four. There's going to be four to five good wide receivers there. Um, and then the other one is – I know I kind of missed the boat on this – is how – if there – why is there no salary cap in baseball? Who makes that decision? Who actually says, okay, there's, there's no salary cap? I, I, I just, I don't know. I miss, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's, you know it's, I mean? it's not written into a collective bargaining agreement. The players will never agree to it. And they, want, they said that long ago that if they did, the owners had to open their books fully, and the owners didn't want to do that. And so it always becomes some kind of a stalemate to where nobody wants to lose baseball because there's too much money at stake, so they just say, out of hell with it. Okay, all right. Okay, so it is the players. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. The players don't want fair. one. Hell no, the players don't want one. Because every time yeah, somebody gets don't. a massively stupid contract, it, it's the high tide raises the level for all ships. That means, you know, that's the reason you've got guys that hit 218 and play a decent outfield but not a great outfield that are making $8 million a year. I mean, that's just ridiculous. God, just man. Holy crap. Right. So, I know. Right. Yeah, that's all I got, man. Have a Merry Christmas. All right, bud. You too, pal. Appreciate it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Uh, here's something. An era in sports journalism coming to an end. Brian Gumble and HBO's Real Sports will air the final episode after 29 years, Real Sports with Brian Gumbel is coming to an end. They had Frank DeFord on for years before his passing, and they they had a lot. Of, I mean, Bob Costas was one of their guys, and, you know, 60 Minutes rolls along in their sixth decade, but for the last few years, HBO's Real Sports taped its episodes on some of the uh, same, uh, you know, Manhattan blocks where CBS and 60 Minutes were residing, but... Through the sports lens, uh, Brian Gumbel is, is, is a terrific interviewer, and Real Sports told a lot of inspirational stories, a lot of really high pro or what what I would consider to be low profile, but made them high profile type of stories. And uh, Gumbel said before the taping of the last episode, "I'm okay. I'm sad, but everything has to come to an end at some point, and this is the right time to end it." So, Real Sports. If you're a Real Sports fan, God, by the way, Brian Gumbel, 75 years old. He's coming to the end of his contract with HBO, now controlled by the company of Warner Brothers. But uh, seven, I did not realize Brian Gumbel was 75 years old. Holy crap. It makes me feel old. But nevertheless, Brian Gumbel and real sports coming to an end. All right, let's do this. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Got a lot more to get to on this Christmas edition of the Bill Michael Show. More coming up.
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 12-31-2023. Welcome back. Good to have you. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Colorado Club in San Giorgio, downtown Milwaukee, reminding you, as uh, Gino and the gang say, family at first. If you got family and friends, loved ones, uh, get around them this time of year. Enjoy your holidays. If you're out and about and you want to take a load off and you want to get some terrific Italian food, they always love it when you stop in and say hello sit down and just enjoy yourself with a good meal but they uh they want me to remind you that it's all about family it's all about loved ones it's all about those you care for this time of year and spread a little cheer spread a little kindness as gino says so 838 old world third street downtown milwaukee whether it's san giorgio and the fabulous authentic pizzas they make or over at calderon club for some of the best italian food you're ever going to stick in your grill that is both places calderon club in san giorgio pizzeria in davoliatana 838 Old World 3rd Street, right across the street from the Hyatt, downtown Milwaukee. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it down that way prior to the new year, but uh, I'm definitely going to be in there just after. Uh, so looking forward to it. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Christian Watson, uh, we're hoping to get him back, hoping he's ready to go. But he spoke to the media, and before we get to Mike Clemens coming up in about an hour from now, I want to let you hear this, what Christian Watson had to say. Take a listen to what Christian Watson had to say when he met with the media. Hello. Hello. Um, I mean, the patience to go through it. For a second time in a season, it is definitely uh, pretty high. Uh, I mean, it's a frustrating situation to, to miss one game, let alone um, however many I, I've missed at this point uh, with hamstrings. But, um, I mean, it's uncontrollable uh, for me at this point, so it's got to control what I can control. I guess instead of the same questions that people ask you all the time, I'm, gonna, I'm just curious, are you doing anything different this time? Do you learn something from previous hamstring recoveries and do stuff different the next time? What? Um, I mean, not necessarily. I feel like I've come back from uh, hamstrings pretty well um, in terms of how I'm feeling coming back from them. Um, 
So, I mean, it's a similar routine to ones I've done in the past of trying to come back from them. There's been a couple guys on this team who have dealt with injuries for a while. Have you leaned on anyone during this process? Um, I mean, not specifically. Um, I mean, there's other guys dealing with injuries and stuff that, you know, I'm around a lot in the training room. So it's kind of, you know, vibing with them and, and keeping the spirits high uh, with each other. But, uh, you know, specific to a hamstring or, or, or whatnot, um, not really just lean, lean on everyone in the training room. I know Stokes, is just, he has a very outgoing personality, but he's told us how hard this has been. How are you feeling just going through the mental toll of dealing with injury? Um... I mean, I'm always, you know, trying to be as po uh, positive as possible. Uh, you know, I'm never someone who's, uh, you know, going to get really, really down, uh, you know, on myself about it. Uh, you know, obviously there's, you know, tough times dealing with stuff like this. You know, obviously, you know, watching, uh, you know, watching on Sundays is, is, is tough. Just, not, you know, not being able to be a part of it. Um, but, I mean, I'm, you know, still excited to, you know, cheer on the other guys and cheer on the team. Uh, so, I mean, I always try to look for the, look for the positive side of things. Speaking of those other guys, what have you kind of seen from Jaden, Dontavian, there we go, in your absence? Um, I mean, the same things that I've seen, uh, you know, when I was out there. Uh, you know, obviously they, they've gotten, or, you know, uh, Wick specifically has gotten more opportunity. Uh, but I mean, I think those guys have been ballers since since they got here. I just got to see it a little bit more. Interesting, nice, whatever they have the group in your rehab group today. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Luke's a character, so I mean, any time that I can, you know, be around him and, and joke around with him, uh, you know, I love going back and forth with him. We're always, uh, you know, kind of getting on each other's nerves. Uh, but it, yeah, no, it's, it's always a good time. I, I'm excited to, you know, keep, you know, see him keep on, uh, you know, trending the right direction and, and going out there and be able to do it more and more. Did you ever get a chance to just think about, you know, what it'd be like when he's back and you're back and you know, Tucker's been able to do? Uh, I mean, that's not something that we talked about together. Um, but I mean, just you know, personally, uh, I'm definitely excited uh, to to see. I mean, we were, we were training the right way for a couple of games, and obviously, you know, we've dealt with injuries. We've had guys in and out, uh, so I'm sure that's put a you know put a damper on the offense a little bit. Uh, you know, regardless of, of the circumstances. Uh, but I'm definitely I'm definitely excited to have you know everybody out there uh, whenever that time is. There's been a lot of great wide receivers to come through this locker room. Reed's two receptions away from breaking the Packers' rookie record. What's impressed you the most about him this season? Um, I think just his, just his confidence, um, you know, right out the gate. Um, I feel like he's had the right mentality um, and, you know, the right confidence to, like, level to play at this level and be successful at this level. Uh, you know, I think he understands his skill set really well, and he goes out there and, um, and puts it on display. I mean, really complete opposites, uh, to be honest. I, I think that, uh, you know, once Luke gets out of his shell a little bit, um, you know, he's a little less reserved and he's more talking to me and he's outgoing. But I think Tuck's just a, um, you know, crazy outgoing personality at all times, regardless of how many times you talk to him. Um, so I think they're I think they're uh, opposites, but I think they're both. Uh, I mean, they're still similar in a lot of ways too. Uh, both both great guys, obviously. Question for you: When will you feel like you know that you're ready to get back out there? Um, I mean, when I'm able to go out there and uh, feel confident and doing the things that I you know do on the football field, I think it's tough to uh, come back from the hamstrings because 
you know, you try to push it as much as you can, but you don't want to push it too much to the point where uh, you set yourself back. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's a sweet spot that you got to find. Um, but um, as long as you, you know, you keep, you know, going up, you know, doing a little bit more uh, every time you're out there. I mean, as soon as I'm able to go out there and uh, do the things that, that I, you know, want to do out there on, on Sundays uh, and feel confident in it is, is when I'll be back. Uh, we didn't watch it together, but uh, we were we were texting about it at the at the end there. Not the way you wanted it to go, but it's still pretty pretty good game. Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't the way I wanted it to go, but it is what it is. It's a yeah, it was a good team, a good team we were playing against. Yeah, no, for sure, it was crazy. It was crazy. What's the day like having to come back? Because first of all, it's rest. How much time in the training? Uh, a lot. Um, I mean, I probably. I mean, it's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, I mean, strength is a, strength is a big part of it. Um, you know, when you have injuries, uh, you know, other muscle groups shut down, or you know, that specific muscle group shut down. So the um, quicker you can get those things firing back up again and, and getting the strength back in it, uh, you know, the more fluid the rehab process is. Uh, so I mean, it's a combination of a lot of things. But uh, yeah, no, I'm just gotta. Find out what works best for you and kind of just go with it. You know, although you guys are in the weight room like every day or every other day for arm strength and things like that, it's part of the day. Are you wait? Am I still doing that that yeah. stuff? Or uh, yeah, no. I mean, I'm I'm doing a lot of upper body. Uh, I mean, most of my lifts with the strength staff are upper body because I do a lot of strength stuff in, in the training room uh, with lower body. Um, but I still obviously make, mix in some uh, legs as well. But um, I, you know, I, I think that I think that. Uh, Guys who are out actually lift lift more than uh, other guys. So I mean, we're definitely we're definitely getting the work in. Do they think that you're where you need to be, or do you need to put on more upper body to take this? Um, I mean, no one said anything to me about that. Um, you know, I'm 210 pounds. Uh, I think my upper body strength is is where it needs to be. Um, I mean, if anything, for me, the the number one thing for me is to uh, try to put on a little bit more body fat. Uh, just I'm, I'm a super lean guy, and, and um, you know, energy-wise and strength-wise, it's it's good to have you know some body fat as well. Uh, I think being super lean is a is a blessing and a curse. Uh, so I mean, that's been my main thing, honestly, is to, tr to try to put on um, you know some more fat just to be able to you know put add some more you know, cushion, cushion, I guess. Hey man, I can help you in that department. <laughs> There's a couple drive-throughs that we can take care of that right away. Oh, I've tried that. I've tried that. Believe me. Um, but I mean, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm always trying to get stronger. Regardless. I want to find you know the best you know, pos possible body comp for myself that you know allows me to play as fast as I want to and, and as strong as I want to as well. Um, I mean, last year, I, last offseason, I, I ended up getting to like 213, 214, um, and felt really good there. I uh, just wasn't able to hold on to it through through camp and everything. So I just got to find find a way to, to you know get that mass on and then hold on to it. Ideally, I'd like to play at like 215. Um, if I can, I just got to be able to find out find out how. There you go. That's Christian Watson talking to the media yesterday. And just, you know, it, hamstrings suck, man. Once you get one and you become problematic with it, it, it just lingers, for lack of a better term. It just, they just do. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. About 45 minutes from now, we've got Mike Clemens joining us as well to take us the rest of the way on a football Merry Christmas Friday. Stay tuned. We've got more after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Our guy James Mercado and the gang at Veterans America wishing all of you veterans, military members, families, and everybody that supports them a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. If you are by chance a military member, family member, VA uh, guy, a veteran, looking for a home loan or a refi, they can help you out. 262-745-3333. That's 262-745-3333. Doing a lot for veterans, doing a lot for those in the military. Zero down payment, no PMI, loose credit requirements, and uh, they got some governmental guarantees as well. They can help you out. They always believe in owning the land that you defend. That's James Mercado and the gang at Veterans America. Call them, 262-745-3333, anywhere in the state of Wisconsin, 262-745-3333. And again, they want to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday Season. Uh, you got Marquette basketball tonight. You've got, uh, what is it, Georgetown, I think, is coming to the Pfizer Forum this evening. Got a good one downtown this evening. you got uh, Wisconsin hosting Chicago State tonight. The Bucks going to be taking on uh, the Knicks. And then the Bucks are off again until they play the Knicks again in Madison Square Gardens on Christmas Day. So the Bucks get a couple of games in New York, and they flew a lot of the families, from what I understand. They flew the families to New York, and they're going to do their big Christmas gathering at the hotel and everything. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, they actually rented like a ballroom for with they're bringing in presents and the tree and the whole. They're going to do all the families there on the road, which is kind of cool. Kind of cool when you think about it. But uh, but yeah, you've got you got the Bucks on the road taking on the Knicks. So you do some have some other things going on throughout the state as we wait for Packers football to get underway coming up on Sunday. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and uh, chime in, taking your phone calls all the way up until about quarter after the next hour when we begin to chat with our guy Mike Clemens, who is going to take us the rest of the way, and Mike will discuss everything that's going on uh, inside the uh, the twelve walls of 1265. Um, the... Uh, Let's see here. Um, this one is from uh, Stu, who says, Bill, you had a guy earlier this week putting all the blame on Mark Murphy. Your response was 100% wrong. Bob Harlan told Murphy to hire football guys and get out of the way. Yes. But is that what he did? No. Instead of doing what uh, should have been done, when it became clear Ted was losing his capacity to do the job, he instead put Ted and Mike McCarthy on the same level. Now, how did he do that? Now we have Goody. Uh, Lahare Joe and Russ Ball on the same level, so no decision gets to be made without Murphy. That's not it. That's no, that's not. You you look at Mark Murphy as some kind of a, a sitting on top of a pedestal dictator. That's not it. That's the exact opposite of what Barb Harlan said to do. No. No, it's funny because you want Murphy involved when things suck. You want him not involved when things don't suck. And Mark Murphy let Ted go. He didn't put them on the same level. He gave Ted free reign. Ted, you run football, I'll run the, run the business. And then Ted ended up kind of segregating himself from everybody towards the end. And Mark then had to step in because he realized he needed to have hands-on in that particular case. So, no, you're wrong. But I always find it funny that they will, everybody loves Bob Harlan for what he did, and rightfully so. But Bob's number one thing, and, and, and Bob and I have had many, many, many conversations about this, was you hire good football people and you get the hell out of the way. 
Let them make decisions. What Mark Murphy did was, I am never again going to allow a general manager to segregate himself from everybody else. I mean, Mike McCarthy found out decisions, personnel decisions, at the podium when he was asked by by media, where Mike was like, what? Mike didn't even know. There was a couple of times it was embarrassing. You could tell he didn't know. He didn't realize it, that Ted had made a move. And that's how much communication or lack of communication there was between the two. So Mark said, that's never going to happen again. So it's not that they answer to me, so to speak, as in, you have to come in and sit before me and let me give you the stamp of approval. It's just, let me, let, let's all talk so we all know what's going on. You, you all act like he's some dictator sitting there at this giant desk, and in comes Russ Ball, and in comes Brian Gutekinst, and in comes Matt LaFleur, and they sit in these little kids' tables like you did back in school back in the 50s and 60s. And they're all sitting there, and, and Mark's looking out of them over his desk, pounding his fist, and you will do what I say. And that's not it. That's not it. Um, he says, now you have a jumbled mess below Murphy because what? He doesn't want to hurt somebody's feelings. See, that's what I'm saying. When it's bad, you want Murphy involved. Oh, Mark sucks. Mark sucks. But when things are good, it's because of Matt. It's because of Goody. Look at what they did. And Mark had nothing to do with it. You can't do that. You can't do, you got to take the good with the bad. And I'll be honest with you. I love the structure in Green Bay. You don't have uh, a blathering owner that runs down the hall and pounds his fist on walls and makes knee-jerk reactions. Sometimes it moves like an iceberg. Sometimes you wish it would move quicker. But if it was Mark Murphy who had the end-all, be-all and the big power, like you say, then why wouldn't Mark have come down the hall to Matt LaFleur and said, Matt, you're getting rid of Joe Barry. He's done. I mean, he's out. He sees what we see. Mark's a former player. He knows what's going on. I just saw Mark on Sunday. Just saw him on Sunday in the in the in the press box. He, you talk about a guy that wants to win. He's like second half. We got to do this. We you know he sees it. He sees it. He knows what's going on. But he lets his football guys be football guys, and we will make decisions when appropriate. And do we like it all the time? No, of course not. But he gave Matt LaFleur that hand to do what he needs to do. And I'm sure they all talked about it. I'm sure they probably said, hey, what the hell's going on? I see it. You see it. The fans see it. What's going on? So he probably sat him down and said, tell us your options. And Matt probably said, hey, look, I don't have anybody right now that I believe that can just come in and automatically become a better play caller than Joe Barry. I think what I'm going to have to do is go crack the whip on Joe for the final three games, hope for the best, and we'll make a decision at the end of the season. And Mark said, is that you know, what you think, Brian? Brian's like, look, I, I didn't want him to begin with, but, yeah, I have to agree with Matt at this point because we probably don't have a guy that we feel strong enough in, which maybe is an indictment of the coaching staff, but we feel strong enough in to go ahead and start calling the plays. Otherwise, this guy would be gone. Okay. Let's roll with it, uh, and then we'll make decisions at the end of the season. But if you think Mark's just sitting back with a blind eye going, oh, I care about his money, you're a moron. Because winning breeds money, not vice versa. Winning breeds marketing. Winning breeds sales. Winning breeds tickets. Winning breeds beer. Winning breeds a town that becomes more and more and more filled with fans that want to be a part of that atmosphere. It, it helps the state of Wisconsin. There's pressure on them from business owners to do well. 
You know, why do you think he was why do you think he didn't wait till the end of the season to fire Mike McCarthy? It's because he looked across from the the press box where he was sitting and went, "Holy crap, the whole upper deck is empty." Those people aren't paying parking. They're not buying beers. They're not buying hot dogs. They're not buying brats. They're not buying jerseys. They're not buying pencils. They're not buying footballs. They're not buying anything right now in the Titletown area. I need them. So, no, I no, you're wrong. I I appreciate the take, Stu, but no, you're wrong. It, it's it is a collaborative effort, and there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody acts like there's something wrong with that. Like if Mark Murphy says something or 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 talks about it. Oh, he's sticking his nose in. He needs to get out of this. Why? Would you? If you owned a business, would you? If you were the president of a company, would you? Hell yeah, you'd have your hands in everything. Does that mean you're making decisions in every department? Of course not. But you're certainly talking to people. You don't just sit in the, in the office and go, uh, with the accountants, tell me what we made today. Tell me what we're making tomorrow. Tell me what I need to buy. Tell me what we need to sell. That's, that's not it. That's not it. I can't go into football operations. I can't do that. I can't talk to them about it. Well, I'm sure he's got an opinion. You would. I would. Hell, you got an opinion by sitting down and writing me about it. We all have a concern for it. It's all there. But to think that you just turned a blind eye, no. Even Bob Harlan talked to Ron Wolf about decisions. Ron came to Bob. Ron, Ron did just didn't say, I'm hiring Mike Holmgren. He came to Bob and said, this is the guy I want to bring in. And Bob said, hey, if you believe in him, go ahead. Hey, Bob, I know it's not going to be great, but we're going to trade for Brett Favre. But you got Magic Man. Well, we're going to trade for Brett Favre. I, I really like this guy. I think he's got something okay. Okay. But Bob knew about it. It wasn't like Bob woke up one day, read the Green Bay Press-Gazette, and went, holy crap, we traded for Favre. You know? Come on, man. And going back to what Reggie said, it wasn't like God woke Bob up in the middle of the night and went, God is here, Bob. Here comes Reggie. And Bob went, oh, geez, golly gee, that's great. I had no idea. Come on. Everybody knows what's going on in the organization from an organizational standpoint. 877-867-1670. Glad to have you on board. Uh, Let's do this. We are going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, Coming up in about 20 minutes, Mike Clement's going to be joining us. Stay right where you're at. If you're out and about this weekend, uh, you can always stop by, make donations for all the different charities, the Pewaukee Food Pantry and such, from our friends at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. And they have got all kinds of Santa specials going on this weekend. So if you're out and about and you want to grab something, you just want to take a load off, you want to relax a little bit, or maybe you got somebody in the Pewaukee area and they want a gift card, that's a great place to go. Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake, Lakeview Boulevard in Pewaukee. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, 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 in the window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. (laughs) Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. 
but you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PalaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 12-31-2023. Tonight, uh, I know what I'm doing. <clears throat> Kristen and I are going to head out. We got uh, a couple of uh, people we got to go say hi to, or we want to go say hi to. I shouldn't say got to. We want to. And uh, I have been craving a fish fry, so we're going to head to Stoley's Hog Alley tonight. And normally I'd be heading downtown, but you got uh, you got games tonight downtown and such, and theater. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of hustle and bustle. Stoley's Hog Alley is only about 15 minutes up the road. I think we're going to go there tonight. Plus, Jeff and Alicia, they left their crock pot at the house during the Christmas party. So we're going to take that back to them. Uh, but say hi to them over at Stoley's Hog Alley in Lake Country. Plus, there's Stolzel 109 on County Road R in Watertown. they got a terrific fish fry. And I have been craving for a while now. They have this salted rye bread uh, that, oh, my God. Now, I know some people do and some people don't, depending on whether you like tartar sauce or mulled vinegar or whatever. But I'm a, a French fry, tartar sauce, and that, that bread guy. Oh, my goodness. So I think that tonight is uh, what I've been salivating over since pretty much I woke up today. Uh, they have great burgers and pizza and, and such as well, but I think that's what uh, tonight is going to hold for us. Do a little Stoley's Hog Alley, drop off their crock pot, uh, wish them a Merry Christmas, and say hi to a few more people, and then that's, that's the night. So that's what the weekend holds. Either place, Stoley's Hog Alley in Lake Country or Stoles Old 109 in Watertown, both places absolutely fantastic. So if you uh, are like me, then step in and say hi to them tonight. Um, the uh, Merlin says, too bad uh, Gudikins did not believe in communication. I don't know what you mean by that. I don't have a clue as to what you mean by that. You'd have to explain. Uh, this is from Anthony who says, uh, hey, Bill, uh, I love your thought on Mark Murphy. Some people seem to think it's too complex and too dark and too conspiracy theoried. Uh, this is true. Uh, completely agree with that as well. Um, what else? We've got a couple emails I want to get to before we get uh, into Mike Clemens coming up here. Uh, Steve says, uh, first of all, I want to uh, wish the best sports talk show host in Wisconsin the very merriest of Christmas. Happy New Year. I've been a loyal listener of yours going back to the days in Capital Drive. Totally respect the sports thoughts and opinions. I'm looking forward to see what the Packers team shows up on Sunday. Which one is going to be there? i got to believe with Joe Barry's ass on the line that the defense is going to step up big time. If not, uh, most Packers fans are going to be hitting the eggnog with uh, Clark Griswold and crying out, Hallelujah, holy blank, where's the Tylenol? Which I would, I would completely agree. So there you have it. Uh, the cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four flushing, low life, snake licking, dirt eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking, dog kissing, brainless, blankless, I can't say, hopeless, heartless, fat ass, bug eyed, stiff legged, spotty tail. There you go. Hallelujah. Holy blank. Where's the Tylenol? Oh, I love that shirt. I love that shirt. I got to get me one of those. Good stuff, Steve. Appreciate it. That's our buddy, Steve. Uh, this one is from, uh, this is from Mike. Mike says, uh, this is the accepting of mediocrity if they would lose out. Uh, I think this team has better attitudes than, uh, than to lose out and quote crash and burn. Uh, I don't think you're looking for draft choices. I think you're just looking to app, uh, accept, accept application. Oh, I see what he says. Accept applications for better players, but you do have a pretty good nucleus right now. I think this team is going to be a quality team going into next season with only a few more pieces that need to be added. 
There you go. And Wendy says, my husband and I are Packers fans from Viroqua. Friends, uh, Gary Gilbertson and Ernie Betts. We love the radio show. Just wanted to follow up on something that you had mentioned a couple of days ago about leadership and keeping eyes on guys like the defensive coordinator and what that does to the overall morale of the team. You talked about companies that do that with certain leaders that need to go, but they refuse to confront their issues. Reminded me of a story I heard years ago of an experiment a scientist did with a jar full of fleas, put the fleas in the open jar. They jumped right out again and again and again. He put a lid on the jar. The fleas would continue to try to leap out but would hit their uh, the lid, fall back down. The scientist then left them this way for quite some time. When he finally removed the lid, he found something interesting. They now What was now happening, the fleas would not only jump uh, as high as the lid that was there before, but they'd fall back into the jar even though they had nothing holding them back. Uh, I, I see where you're going with it. Tolerating mediocrity and a key leader is like putting a lid on the desired performance, dedication, and selfless effort. At some point, overall performance becomes capped. That's a great analogy, Wendy. Wendy Screedy in Viroqua. That's a great analogy. That's true. If you just keep putting the lid on on mediocrity and saying this is as high as we're going to fly and this is what we'll accept, absolutely, I get it, 100%. Great, great analogy. I like that. I like it. Might have to use it somewhere in uh, some speech down the road. Good, good stuff. All right, we got another hour yet to go. Coming up in about 15 minutes, our guy, Mike Clement, is going to be here to join us. Stay right where you're at. Right where you're at. More of the Bill Michael Show next.